Welcome. I'm Connor Beaton, and we are going to do a little bit of a pre-holiday prep. <laughs> so many of you are heading home or heading to friends for the holidays, and a lot of the questions come up right now about how to deal with challenging family dynamics around the holidays. There's a great quote that I posted the other day by Ramdas who said, if you think you're enlightened, go and spend a week with your family. <laughs> so the idea here is how do we remain centered? How do we keep a, a grounded footing in the core of our being, in what we know to be true, in our love and compassion and strength and boundaries and awareness, in the environment that maybe we grew up in that caused us uh, some of our dysfunction, some of our bad habits or bad behaviors, uh, some of our reactivity and anger that can come forward in the challenging environments of family. I, I've One of my clients recently this week, we were talking about them going home for the holidays, and they said, you know, it's the strangest thing. I have a loud voice in the presence of other people where I can share my opinion and I can speak my truth unapologetically, unabashedly, but when it comes to being in the presence of my father, for some reason, my voice just disappears. And I thought, what an interesting, what an interesting concept. You know, I think that some of us can relate to that. Maybe we uh, have the boundary in mind that we want to set with our parent or a family member. Maybe we know what we want to talk to them about over the holidays, or there's something that we've been wanting to get off our chest, or just get into them with them, or something that we've been wanting to do, or you know, something that we've been wanting to spend time with them uh, working on. And yet when the time comes, that all seems to fall by the wayside. So we're going to talk about a few simple strategies that can support you if you are entering into a challenging family dynamic uh, over the holidays. And even if you are not, even if you are entering into the most loving, congruent, connected family home uh, these are still some great tools and tips that are going to support you uh, along the way. And before I dive into it, I wanted to use a, a few words of wisdom. Uh, recently, I've been on a David White kick, which you may have noticed, but I'm going to use a few words of wisdom from him because, you know, during this time, we talk a lot about how do we you know, balance, like I hear a lot of people talking about work-life balance. They usually have a little bit more space to reflect on what's happening, you know, uh, if we're coming up on the next year, on the new year for 2020. And a lot of people are trying to use this time to create their lifestyle. And I want to read you some simple words that he uh, has recently talked about when it comes to this concept of work-life balance and especially, you know, entering into the holidays when we have downtime. So here, here, here are his words. The current understanding of work-life balance is too simplistic. People find it hard to balance work with family, family with self, because it might not be a question of balance. Some other dynamic is in play. Something to do with a very human attempt at happiness that does not quantify different parts of life and then set them against one another. We are collectively exhausted because of our inability to hold competing parts of ourselves together in a more integrated way. So this is the idea that the, the, you know, the longing for integration 
has, and, the, and, and this is really what we could maybe term as balance, right? We all look for balance, especially, you know, as we <laughs> enter into the holidays, I noticed a lot of people feel very chaotic, very overwhelmed, very busy, right? That word seems to be thrown in a lot because of course, you know, we, uh, our to-do lists are larger than ever before. We're having to pick things up and schedule time with family and friends and, you know, uh, wrap Christmas gifts and everything else that comes up at this time of the year, um, depending on, of course, your your culture and your religious background and where in the world you live, et cetera. But this time of the year can be quite busy for the majority of people. And so it's a reminder that this longing of integration, this longing for integra- integration has always been a part of the human experience. We have forever been in search of some form of balance. But today we really long for it more than ever before, because we as a as a culture uh, face the understanding that we we largely don't have it. And a lot of people feel like they don't have it, and they enter into the holiday season with the hope that they'll be able to regain center, that they'll be able to reclaim a sense of balance, and that if only they can do that. If only they can do that, then maybe, hopefully, they'll be able to walk forward into the future with a with a more grounded way of being. But I love what David White is saying because this is about integration, and I have a I have a saying that I've been using for the last little while that is what we integrate dissipates. So the idea here is that as we integrate these parts and we stop pitting work against family or family against the self or self against friends and we start we start integrating all of those pieces of of our life and realizing that the self shows up everywhere right and it and our work is to integrate the self within the family and it's to integrate itself within the work and within the friend groups. And when we do that, that's usually when we feel a sense of connectivity. And here's a passage from uh, Wendell Berry's glorious meditation on solitude. Uh, It really, I think, sort of pulls together some of the pieces I'm talking about here. Human beings are creatures of belonging, though they may come to that sense of belonging only through long periods of exile and loneliness Interestingly, we belong to life as much through our sense that it is all impossible as we do through the sense that we will accomplish everything we have set out to do. This sense of belonging and not belonging is lived out by most people through three principal dynamics. First, through relationship to other people and other other living things, particularly and very personally to one other living, breathing person in a relationship or marriage. Second, through work. And third, through an understanding of what it means to be themselves, discrete individuals alive and seemingly separate from everyone and everything else. These are the three marriages, the marriage of work, the marriage of self, and the marriage of other. So I like this idea. There's more to it, but I'm I'm not necessarily going to keep going. Um, but it's just a simple reminder that you know during this time of the season we are most people are looking internally or unconsciously or consciously for a sense of balance, for a sense of regaining their footing so that they can enter into the next year in a more powerful way, in a more profound way. And part of our work in this space is 
a little bit of a letting go of attachment to <laughs> a little bit of a letting go of an attachment to needing specific outcomes to happen with family members, to needing specific events to transpire in order for us to be okay, and to bring the fullness of who we are to everything that we do over the holidays and to use this space as a practice, a, a mindful meditative practice of of being present in the moment, of setting boundaries with others. And so I just wanted to offer you that up um, before I give you a few simple steps of how to deal with family over the holidays. Um, but I wanted to just leave you with one last thought, and this is a poem that David White has written called The Journey. And I think that at this time of the year with everything that a lot of us have going on, uh, it's just a reminder of, of the actual journey that we're on. So here we go. This is called The Journey by David White. Above the mountains, the geese turn into the light again, painting their black silhouettes on an open sky. Sometimes everything has to be inscribed across the heavens so you can find the one line already written inside you. Sometimes it takes a great sky to find that first bright and indescribable wedge of freedom in your own heart. Sometimes, with the bones of the black sticks left when the fire has gone out, someone has written something new in the ashes of your life. You are not leaving. Even as the light fades quickly now, you are arriving. And I love this idea of the idea that when leaving becomes arriving, that we always are where we should be in some way, shape, or form. Uh, I love that line. Sometimes everything has to be inscribed across the heavens so you can find the one line already written inside you. And for me, you know, this can be interpreted in a number of ways, but it's almost like the reminder that sometimes we see so many signs outside of ourselves, so many, uh, <laughs> so many examples of what we already know to be a form of truth within ourselves. And so as you enter into the holiday season, as you go home to see family or friends, or maybe you are making a family, uh, a, a solo trip out of the holidays, this is just a simple reminder that it is about the journey. It is about you witnessing uh, reminders outside of yourself of what you already know to be true within, witnessing reminders of connection, of love, of joy, um, of memories that you hope to carry with you. And so regardless of whether you're going home to a perfect family or going home to one that you perceive to be broken and challenging, or you're going to see friends, or you're spending it with yourself, enjoy the journey. Enjoy the path. So let's talk about a few simple strategies if you are going home to a, a challenging environment. And again, whether you're going home to a challenging environment or a perfect one, uh, these strategies might still uh, support you in some way, shape, or form. So strategy number one, this is going to sound really, uh, really inspiring, I'm sure. Uh, strategy number one, give up hope. <laughs> give up hope. Uh, give up on the hope that your family will act perfectly or even reasonably uh, and because this really sets us up to feel let down, to feel like our needs aren't being taken care of because we, 
we often will buy into this um, sort of neurotic sense of hope, of of wanting something to be different, that that only if we hope it enough, it we will will it into existence. Um, but, you know, oftentimes this isn't the case. And so this is about noticing where your attachments are. What are your expectations? What are you attached? What are you attached to when you go home? Are you hoping that your mom will act a certain way or that she won't say certain things? Are you hoping that your dad shows up in a certain way or, you know, doesn't drink so much or et cetera? Are you, are you hoping that you'll finally get to have that talk with your sibling or your aunt, uh, you know, or a family member, uh, whoever it might be? And let go of the attachment to it. You can have intentions of how you want to show up, but let go of the hope that they will act differently or show up exactly how you want. And then prepare to accept them. Accept them as they are, even if they behave as they always have in the past. You know, at the, at the very best, you might be, maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit, uh, surprised to find that maybe they've changed or shifted, that maybe a part of them has created a bit of an opening. It's usually when we are fixated on the hope that they will show up exactly as we want, that we miss out on how they have shifted and the things that they would ideally like to show us. Strategy number two, become an observer. So some of some social scientists use a technique called participation observation or participant observation and all that this simply means is that you know they 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 what they do in these uh, experiments is that they join groups of people uh, in order to watch and report on whatever those people are doing and one of the most Im- Im- important pieces is that you start to see larger uh, forms of data right you start to see larger, uh, pictures or experiences or um, behaviors that are showing up within the group dynamic. And so sometimes we enter into, you know, our family and we're fixated on one person's, you know, behavior, right? We're really, we're really fixated on the thing that they say or do, and we're getting pissed off by it and we get reactive to it and it sort of drags us in. It takes us away from the experience. But when we are really being an observer, of our family. It doesn't mean that we pull away entirely and we stop engaging with them just so we can observe like a like a social scientist <laughs> with a with a notepad. Although I would love for you to do that and then film it and send it to me because that that actually could make some really uh really great comedy. Um but it simply means that we become an observer of witnessing our family in a different way. You know, seeing them for the human beings that they are rather than the parent or the sibling that they are to us. And we can start to understand them through a lens of compassion. And we can start to understand them uh, from a lens of love and, uh, and, and boundaries, which actually brings me to my next one. Strategy number three is set really firm and really healthy boundaries or secure boundaries. So knowing that your family members... Uh, are probably going to keep on being their old selves and showing up as their old selves. You need to decide how much you want to be in interaction with them, some of the conversations that you are not willing to have, if there are conversations that they normally have with you that feel intrusive or crossing a line or a boundary with you, uh, and and to get very clear on what you would like 
those interactions to be. Where does your family normally cross your boundaries? Where do you allow your boundaries to be crossed? Where do you cross cross the boundaries of your family? Maybe you are uh, part of the issue is that maybe you have uh, very rigid boundaries in and around your family that could be relaxed a little bit. So notice what healthy boundaries would look like in the in the space of going home and seeing your family. Uh, are there others that that can handle the group environment? Uh, are you worried about your partner? Are you worried about your friends being there? And what boundaries need to be around uh, around that? And then take a look at how much time you actually would like to spend with your family. What feels good and comfortable for you? If you're going home for three or four days or a week, how much of that time do you actually want to be spending in a very intimate way or very intimate environment with them? How much is too much, right? Start to just ask some of those simple questions. Maybe you're already at home and you're like, oh my gosh, I have spent 24 hours with them and I'm ready to get the heck out of here. That's okay too. Make sure that, and this is strategy number four, you are prioritizing yourself. You are prioritizing some form of uh, self-care, whether that's meditation, whether that's going for a walk, when maybe it's you know heading out for a coffee solo and going for a bit of drive, you know, seeing some of the sights of wherever you are, uh, you know, visiting family or or friends for the holidays, and really make sure that you have an action plan of how you are going to take care of yourself during the holidays. And and finally, the last strategy is to let go. Let go just a little bit more than you think possible. Let go of the heightened expectations. Let go of a little bit of the worry. Let go of a little bit of the anxiety, a little bit of the depression that it's not going maybe the way that you want or exactly how you'd like. And just surrender a little bit more than you think is possible. Be witness to what's unfolding in front of you and allow. This this doesn't mean that you don't protect yourself. It doesn't mean that you allow people to speak to you in ways that are harmful or that you partake in behavior that you know is unhealthy for you or others. But just let go. Let go of some of the judgments. Let go of the need to control. Let go of the need to intervene and tell people where they're wrong or how they should behave or how they how they need to change. That's probably the biggest challenge when it comes to the holidays is that if you are one of the people that's normally away from your family or even if you spend a ton of time with your family, one of the biggest challenges is that everyone in our family has an opinion of how we should be changing and we have judgments of how they should be changing. So my challenge for you, if you do nothing else, is to let go of how you think other people need to change and focus in on how you would like to show up within that space. So that's the that's the final piece that I have for you. Um, and I really sincerely, truly hope that you and your family and your friends have the most incredible holiday season uh, from Vienna and myself and our little golden donkey Bronx. Uh, he's a golden, golden retriever and I call him the golden donkey. Uh, we just wish you the the merriest Christmas, the happiest holidays, whatever you are celebrating. Maybe you're celebrating nothing and this podcast was just to you know support you in dealing with family on a regular basis. <laughs> whatever the case may be, thank you so much for tuning in. 
Uh, I hope that you celebrate life and yourself and the people around you and the world around you uh, as much as you can and be present to the joy in other people's faces. So thanks so much for tuning in. Don't forget to share this episode, maybe with a family member, just going to put that on your radar, or a friend that's going home into a challenging environment. And until next week, this is Connor Beaton signing off.